Today, if you have your Bibles, I want us to get into the Word of the Lord. This is our last service until next Sunday. And so I'm not going to take a long time, but I may take a little longer than normal because i got to make up for Wednesday. Amen? i got to make up for Wednesday. No, I'm messing around. Romans 1 is we'll be reading from. Romans 1. Thanks to Brother Jordan Davis for preaching the word of the Lord last week in my stead. I appreciate that. Amen. True students, do you love your youth pastor and youth pastor's wife? Amen. Parents, do you love your youth pastor and youth pastor's wife? Amen. Amen. Romans 1, verse 21. Romans 1, verse 21. It says this, Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Wow. Verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and the birds and the four-footed beast and the creeping things. Today, this morning rather, I want to preach from this thought. And I know that it may be a little different spin on things considering the time and the season. But I pray that it will cause us to think today, cause us to never allow this type of mindset or heartbeat to enter into our homes, our families, or even this church. I'm going to preach from this thought, the tragedy of being unthankful. The tragedy of being unthankful. You lay your Bibles down and lift your hands to the Lord. Maybe grab a hand of a neighbor or friend or loved one beside you and lift it to the heavens. Let's ask God to bless us with his word today. Lord, we honor you and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you for your power. Would you lift your voice to him? We thank you for your excellent greatness. We thank you for your peace that passeth all understanding. We truly are a thankful people, Lord. And I'm asking, Lord, that right now, as we hear your word, Lord, that our hearts and our spirits would be reminded of why we should be. Reminded of why we should lift up your name and magnify your name and be thankful unto your name every moment and every opportunity that we have. In the name of Jesus, Lord, would you sweep over this congregation, Lord, bring conviction. Bring help, bring hope. Lord, if there's anybody in this building that doesn't know you and the power of the Holy Ghost, let today be the first day of the rest of their life. Old things pass away, and behold, all things are made new. And Lord, I'm asking right now, if anybody finds himself in this message today, Lord, that they would respond to your word. And Lord, they would go to an altar of repentance, Lord, and they would ask you to forgive them and change them and transform them. In Jesus' name, do a work in us today and Lord we thank you for it in advance can you do that right now come on let's thank him in advance hallelujah 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 you may be seated the tragedy of being unthankful the tragedy of being unthankful this coming week all of us that are in the room, we will set aside that day, set aside that time to join with family and friends and we'll celebrate and we will have a good time for what we call Thanksgiving. And when I mention Thanksgiving, no doubt every single lady in the house completely had a coronary arrest because you thought of all the things that you have to do this week. 
all of the food that you got to go buy and you got to prepare for and you got to get it all together. And all the men, they just rubbed their bellies immediately as I said Thanksgiving because they knew that they were going to get some good food from someone. I better get some good amens because y'all amen about that for the rest of this thing because everybody got excited about food. After food, we get down to the real reason that we get together. After we get our bellies all puffed out and loosen the belt loops and all that, we get down to that real reason that we all join together. And that was to be with our loved ones, the people that we don't see very often and, and to have a good time of blessing and, and just a fun time together. And I, just like you, have so much so much, as I said a moment ago, just looking at my sweet, beautiful wife and reminiscing of the, the pain and the things that we've gone through over the past few years, I was just thankful once again that there was a smile on her face and she was doing absolutely what she loves to do by singing and lifting up Jesus. I was thankful. I have a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for all of the brave men and women who were willing, willing to face a chilly ocean waters and a tiny little ship called the Mayflower. And for those who suffered, and for many who died making that voyage across the waters, headed for a land where they could have freedom. They could live free. I'm thankful for those who fought for freedom and for those who still defend what we stand for in this country. Can I get an amen in the house? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thankful that someone shared this glorious gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that they shared with him that hero Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord with my grandfather, Bishop Gilbert's, Dad, there'll be a picture on the screen behind me. I'm so thankful that my grandfather, who was a Trinitarian preacher, he was preaching the word of the Lord. And my grandmother on my mom's side told Warren Emberlin, founder of this wonderful church, that, hey, you need to go talk to that man. You need to go tell that man about Hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. I don't know every detail and all the words that were, that were stated, but I'm thankful that Warren Emberlin went the extra mile to see a good man filled with the whole truth of God's Word. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that my grandpa Gilbert was baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of all of his sins. I'm thankful that he died a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Aren't you glad that someone took the time, that someone took the time to share with you or your family or the generation before you the truth that is in this world? Not just some of the truth, but the whole truth. Aren't you glad that there was someone that didn't discount you and your questions and your wonderings, but they looked at you and said, you're hungry, you're thirsty. I know the God that you're hungry and thirsty about. Aren't you thankful that somebody took the time to share that truth with them or with you? Giving thanks and having a thankful heart is a common Thing that we find in this book that I hold in my hand and the one that sits there beside you or in your lap. Over 130 times the word of God instructs us to be thankful. Somebody say thankful. thankful. Somebody say thank you. thank you. He instructs us to be thankful, to give thanks, to come before him with thanks giving. The word you see used many times in the Old Testament is the word O. Oh. Somebody say O. Oh. 
when it is used, it denotes that what is being said is being said with passion and emotion. I'm passionate about this. I'm going to show some emotion about this. And so time and time again, you see that little word used in conjunction with giving thanks. Why? Because when we give thanks, God wants it to be more than just words and more than just a habit. He wants us to see that when we give thanks, it should come from our emotions. Well, they're just a bunch of emotional people. Well, that's how God intended it. When we thank him, it should be done with passion. Psalms 105 and 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Psalms 106, Oh, give thanks unto thy holy name. 106 and 1 says this, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. In 107, 118, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. 118 and 29, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And 136 and 1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. You can't do that, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh give, give thanks unto the Lord. He's good. No, you can't do it that way. It has to be done with a passion and a zeal and something inside of you. Why are we to give thanks? Because all of the scriptures that I just read, why are we to give thanks? Because he is good. He is holy. He is righteous. He is the God of all gods. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. His mercy endures forever. I understand, and I'm not bashing on anybody today. It's why I'm preaching what I am preaching this morning. I understand that a few of you, some of you, maybe that live really, really passionate with a lot of zeal and a lot of emotion, you're going to respond to that kind of thing. But the reason I'm preaching this today is for every single individual that may in some way, somehow, you don't know it, you really don't think about it, but there might be a little bit of unthankfulness in you. Oh, no, not me. Just bear with me. When are we to give thanks? The Bible tells us early in the morning. Giving thanks early in the morning. Rise at midnight. The Bible says continually. Well, ladies and gentlemen, layman's terms, that's all the time. We are to give thanks unto him all of the time. There's never a moment, never an hour, never a day. Oh, I don't feel good. Or, oh, man, I had a car wreck. Or, oh, this happened or that happened. Or I got a divorce. Or I got, my kids left me. My kids hate me. Or all this, I lost my job. No, all of the time, we are to give thanks no matter the circumstance. Does that mean the circumstance doesn't hurt? No. Does that mean you're not brokenhearted? No. Does that mean that life doesn't happen? No. But no matter what it is, no matter what time it is, the time of the day, the season, the hour, early in the morning, at midnight, continually give thanks unto God. I'm preaching about the tragedy of being unthankful. Early, late, always, there should never be a moment we aren't giving thanks where should we give thanks? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible tells us. This one is my favorite. It's truthfully, probably because I'm a pastor, but in the midst of the congregation. Here. Like now. Hold on. Not for me and what I'm saying. Has zero to do with Pastor Darren. And any passion that I put into my preaching or how much I sweat or, and it is hot in here today. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. If you wanted to lose weight, you came to the right place. We got the biggest sauna in Grayson County right now. In the midst of the congregation, no matter what's going on, whether you agree with what I'm preaching or not, really doesn't matter. 
You're not giving thanks to me. In the midst of the congregation, the person that you worship the Lord with, the person that you're here to do life with, in the midst of the congregation, I'm to give thanks unto him. Not because they sang your favorite song. Not because the beat was just right and we had a good one today, Brother Tony. But in the midst of the congregation, all the time, I'm to give thanks to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read this how I see it when I read it, okay? So you just bear with me. In the midst of your estranged children, in the midst of your ex-wife or ex-husband, in the midst of your boss that fired you yesterday, in the midst of that neighbor that built a fence because they didn't want to see you or hear from you, it actually says in the midst of your enemies. In the midst of our enemies, we should give thanks. That's where. In the midst of all of those places that I said also, in the midst of your enemies, I'm to lift up my hands and say, thanks be to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I adore you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. I'm at that person that cut you off yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. That person that messed up your order at Chick-fil-A. Thank you, Jesus. That's an inside joke for some of us that are in the house. All of the time. I'm going to tell you, if, it, if they mess up your order at Chick-fil-A, you got to be careful because that's Jesus chicken and you're in the midst of Jesus people. And they better not be your enemy. you got another problem. So, I mean, you got all kinds of issues going on right there. So you better be thankful no matter what when you go to Chick-fil-A. In the presence, for the presence of our friends, in the presence of those who are against us, when we are up and when we're down, when we feel victorious or we feel defeated, all of the time, at all times, we should rise and be thankful to our God. It is simple. It's not something outlandish. We should realize that our God is to always be lifted up. He's to always be thankful. We should make sure that we put emphasis on being thankful to our God, no matter where we're at. Praise God. When we feel like that we shouldn't be thankful, we should be thankful to our God. God knew, God knew, ladies and gentlemen, that there would be two types of people. Thankful people and unthankful people. He knew that. I'm amazed that when I talk to some people and I conversate with them about things that are going on in their life, some are quick, quick to tell me to pray. Please pray for me because the devil is fighting me. The devil is attacking me. And then I turn around and I talk to another individual and I I'm just listen to them and their situation is far worse than the individual that I just spoke to and talked to. And I mean, it's, it pales. It's polar opposite of how bad. I mean, theirs is bad, but this one is like, I'm talking extremely bad. And you'll look to them and they'll say, pray for me, God is doing something in my life. Would you pray for me, Pastor Darren, that I would be faithful in the midst of this trial, in the midst of this situation. I want to I be faithful until he finishes the work. Yes. There's two types of people, thankful and unthankful people. I may have missed it, but in studying for this, I found two places in the Bible that deals with being unthankful. Second Timothy, it is listed as one of the characteristics of godliness or godlessness. And then in the text I read where it leads to apostasy and a falling away. Hear me if you don't hear anything else I say today. When we allow a spirit to get a hold of us that causes us to forget to be thankful, we are on a very fast track 
to falling away from God and becoming a godless person. Hear me. I'm not talking about forgetting the rum of noodles at Walmart on your trip to Walmart. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about forgetting to be thankful to God. I believe our lapse in being thank unthankful can be identified within just a few categories. And the first one I want to bring to our attention is the one that I just mentioned to you a moment ago. First thing that causes us to be unthankful is when we as individuals, and I, again, I'm not talking about ramen noodles. I'm not talking about you forgot the, the stuff to make the dressing for Thanksgiving yesterday and your wife listed it and told you and she's still mad at you this morning and she sat a couple inches away from you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about forgetful. When we become forgetful of who God is and what God has done. I believe when Paul wrote about being unthankful, he was writing with one reality dominating his thought. That thought is stated in Romans 5 and verse 17. For if, listen to what it says again, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Another translation says it this way. The sin of this one man, Adam, calls death to be king over all. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul understood that our thankfulness and our understanding of salvation and our realization of God must stem from our awareness of man's utter lostness. All too often, we approach our relationship with God from different perspectives. Too many times we become impressed with our goodness and begin to hope that when it is weighed against the bad, we will come out winners. If you've read or you've studied the word of God, we can never forget what Paul was telling us in Romans 5. The sin of Adam has caused death to be king over us all. What Adam brought up on us couldn't be outdone with our acts of goodness. What Adam did could not be reversed with poised words and acts of charity. I'm glad you gave to the homeless. I'm glad we're going to give to people that are less fortunate. I'm glad that you're trying to do something good for somebody at Thanksgiving this week. But let me tell you something. Any act of your goodness pales in comparison It was only by the entrance of the perfect sacrifice that could bring us hope. It was only by Jesus coming as a man, robed in flesh. I'm going to say that again for those of you that are confused about that. It was Jesus. It was the God in heaven, robed in flesh, and he came as a man. And he died on Calvary. It was only that that could break the curse of sin. I know that you've given a lot of money. I know you've given a lot of money to transform truth. I know that you've given a bunch of offerings and you've gone probably above your tithe and you've done all those things. And you've given to the homeless people at 82 and 75 and you fed them at the soup kitchen and all those things. But understand me today, that pales in comparison. We cannot permit ourselves to forget what we were redeemed from. Mordecai, ladies and gentlemen, helped the king, and then he was forgotten. 
We'll study about it. I don't have time to get into it today. Joseph was forgotten in prison. Ladies and gentlemen, we must remember that Jesus Christ came and he died. And it doesn't matter how much good we do. It doesn't matter how good you sing. It doesn't matter how many days or weeks or hours you serve in the kingdom of God. None of that really truly matters. You must remember it was Jesus and Jesus alone that saved you from this untoward generation. It was Jesus and Jesus alone that saved us from this nasty and gross and corrupt world it was Jesus and what he did for you and I James chapter 1 and verse 25 warns us not to be forgetful hearers Hebrews 12 and or sorry 13 and 2 says this we're not to forget not to forget to entertain strangers for we may be entertaining angels don't forget. Deuteronomy 4 and 23 says this. We are not to forget the covenant with the Lord. Deuteronomy 6 and 12 says beware lest thou forget the Lord. God knew. God knew. Inspired writers thoughts. Inspired writers thoughts to, to write the Bible. To remind us to be careful not to forget. It's easy. It's easy, ladies and gentlemen, for us to forget all that God has done for us. God bore stripes upon his back that we would be healed today. God took a crown of thorns on his head, ladies and gentlemen, for you and for me. He was beat with that cat of nine tails with glass and bone and different things in it that you and I could be healed. Nothing you and I could ever do Good, not no good that we could ever do would ever be able to suffice or get us into the kingdom of heaven. But ladies and gentlemen, only surrendering to the God that died for our sins can give us an inroad to heaven. I challenge you on this Sunday, don't allow yourself to become forgetful of God's many blessings. Don't forget to acknowledge God, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget his many benefits. Don't forget how lost mankind was before he came. Don't forget how lost you were before he found you. Understand me as I hold this mic and stand behind this pulpit and, and preach what I feel like God has put in my spirit to preach. Understand, I have not forgotten. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, I would not be standing here today. If it wasn't for his grace and his mercy, I would not be able to proclaim the things that I'm proclaiming today. It's nothing that was in my pedigree. It was nothing that I think I was or how much good I did. It was only by the blood of Jesus that I stand here and deliver the word of the Lord today. Don't forget. God helps us. God helps us not to forget to be thankful. Second thing, familiar. I'll say this as I get into this particular one, the second one here. I believe that a lot of us can find ourselves in this one. I've said this before and I'll say it again on this Sunday that I don't ever preach to you something that I haven't preached here first. Something that I haven't looked at my own self and thought about my own self. Lord, don't allow me to become forgetful and don't allow me, oh Lord, to be too familiar. Amen. I think many times we become unthankful when the things of God become familiar. They're playing the songs and the beat on the drums are going and the words are on the screen and it's just another Sunday because we've become familiar. Oh, that same lady, that same man are shouting and running and dancing in the aisles and oh man, what are they doing? We've become too familiar. In verse 21 of Romans chapter 1, Paul wrote, because that when they knew God, Listen to this. They glorified him not as God. What Paul is referring to is an experimental knowledge of God. Experimental knowledge of God. 
He's talking about us being aware of what God did in creation. Bear with me. He is saying that because we have grown so familiar with the amazing words of God's creation, we no longer see it necessary of glorifying him for those things. In this writing, God is again driving home the necessity of being thankful at all times. At our remembrance of him and the things that he has done, we should always be ready to give forth praise and thanksgiving. Nothing, nothing he has done should ever become so familiar that we fail to offer thanks. Brother Ashley, if you join me on this platform just for a moment. Had no idea that what was going to happen and we were going to pray for a young man together. But as, as we began to pray, as we began to pray, and Brother Ashley, as we laid our hands there upon his chest, I began to remember Brother Ashley. Began to remember, yes, as children, as we sat in the back seat of your parents' car and we'd tell jokes and be funny and all those kind of things. But I remember when I no longer saw Ashley anymore and I, Wonder what happened to Ashley and Brother Frank and Sister Sue would not be very emotional about her, loud about it. They'd just ask us to pray. But I remember that he vanished from everybody's viewing and nobody knew where he was, but he was on a road to destruction. And Brother Ashley, as we were praying for that young man and the situation in his life, God reminded me. God reminded me of you calling me and saying, are you at the church? And I remembered, yeah, I'm at the church. And said, I got to get baptized again. I didn't think it was necessary to get baptized because you'd gotten baptized when we were kids. But you wanted your sins to really be washed away. And I can only imagine that you really remembered. You became familiar. You quit forgetting about God. And you became, I'm not familiar with God anymore. And I'm not familiar with all of his greatness and his wondrous works. They are real to me now just as they were in the word of God and I got to have that same power inside of my life again and so you run up the back steps that we used to have and you run into the baptistry and you jump in and before I'm even ready to say anything you go down in water in the name of Jesus and I remembered as we were praying, Brother Ashley, I can't forget that. I can't become too familiar with the power that came in your life and changed you forever. As you were telling that young man, my life was in shambles. My, my life was gross. But because of God, because of his grace, because of his mercy, I'm never going to become too familiar. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just a song one more time. It's not just another dance to him. Oh, it's just like it was the first time he remembered who God was. It's the first time that he remembered he could save me from this untoward generation. He's not familiar. Maybe seated. Praise God. Yeah, we can have a great experience. We can have a great experience and a good knowledge of God. But he's talking about us being aware of what God did in creation. He is saying that because we have grown so familiar with the amazing wonders of God's creation, we no longer see the necessity of glorifying him for those things. In this writing, God is again driving home that necessity. Somebody say that necessity. I feel like we need to hear it again. That necessity of being thankful at all times. It's time that we remember like we have never remembered before. It's time that we really give God praise and thanksgiving. Nothing he has done should ever become so familiar that we fail to give him thanks. Nothing. Nothing. Well, man, Pastor Darren, you don't know about my life now. It's a wreck. <laughs> but did God save you at one time? I promise you it ain't God's fault. I promise you it ain't God's fault. Man, life was great and wonderful. But, man, life is horrible now. Hey, if God saved you once, he can save you from your mess-ups again. He didn't cause the mess-up. 
hear me when Paul, when he was writing about us falling away from God, being unthankful, immediately followed our becoming too familiar with the wonders of God. The things God did for us when he did his creative work in our lives can also become familiar. And we can forget to glorify God. We forget how our lives were dark and void and without form before he came. His blessings become so familiar that we are no longer thankful and we allow our spirit to become unthankful. We allow that spirit of unthankfulness to seize us, if you will. Well, they did it because I deserve it. No. We better be thankful. Well, this happened to me because I deserve every bit of it. No, 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 no. Don't allow that spirit of unthankfulness to seize your spirit and seize your mind. We need to ask God to let our eyes be open afresh and anew to the magnificent works he has done inside of us. I know some of us think that we, oh, he's not preaching to me today. I'm preaching to every person that can hear my voice. God, let us see the great works you have done in our lives like we, like we did that moment that you filled us with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. God, don't let our, don't let our mind and our spirit eradicate your works, those things that you have done in our lives. Don't let them become so familiar that I fail to see you in them. No, you didn't get there on your own. God got you there. No, you didn't get... You didn't get the knowledge of God's word just because you're real smart. No, you got it because God gave you the brain to think. He gave you the breath to breathe. He gave you the opportunity to get into the word and give you revelation. You didn't do it on your own. Third focus of all of the reasons we could become unthankful believe believe this when I say that I believe it's the most dangerous of all and that is our focus you see our focus is so important when our focus shifts from him and the things he has done to us and the things we have done, we are in major trouble. What do you mean, Pastor Darren? I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, when you look at you more than you look at God and you focus on what you've done more than what God's done, you are dancing in an area you don't need to be dancing in. You are getting close to a place that you do not want to get to because there are things that are about to take place in your life that will eradicate you, will destroy you and your salvation. Paul was writing in 2 Timothy about those who were unthankful and all the other attributes of the godless. He was writing about people who had focus on themselves and they became selfish. And Paul wrote in Romans 1 and 21 that they became vain in their imaginations. The word that translates into today, or the word that translates into today, is that they became proud in their thinking. And it calls, listen to this, it calls their hearts to be darkened. We read it. Their hearts become darkened. The quickest way to lose out with God and for your heart to become dark with sin is to focus on yourself. Somebody say me. To focus on yourself. When you take your eyes off of God and take your eyes off of the things he has done for you and you quit recognizing him as the giver of everything good in your life. Hear me, sir. Hear me, ma'am. You are headed towards what is called 
apostasy. Professing or thinking themselves to be intelligent, they became fools. That word translates to dull, sluggish, or stupid. When they began to think that it was their doing and their works and their ideas, they became dull and stupid. I know this is probably not a popular message for Thanksgiving week, but I've been so troubled. Haven't shared much with very many people, just a few, but I've been so troubled for the last few weeks over this thought. I'm so disturbed at what I see going on in some of our lives. People who were so tender and so excited to give thanks when they first started living for God. I've watched as you have set back in service and either because of anger or bitterness or selfishness or whatever it is, you've refused to give thanks to God. I say this today to some that, yes, you're in the house. Some may have to listen online. In truth, church, you've just been troubled. No, not everybody in the building, but some. When you study those in Scripture who allow their focus to be shifted to themselves, it always ends up, listen to me, with their hearts becoming hard toward God. Not only do they cease to give thanks to God, but they begin to aim their anger at God. Suddenly, they've been wrong. All of a sudden, God has stacked the deck against them. God has given them a bad deal or a raw deal. And it all started with being unthankful. Talking today about the tragedy of being unthankful. You study what the scriptures say of those who weren't thankful. It goes on to say how God gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts. I do know who you are, and I don't know who you are in this building today, but I would to God that everybody would hear me. For the Trevor, it says that they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the creature more than the creator. It says that God gave them over to vile affections. A few verses down, it says that they became haters of God. I understand that the words may come out of your mouth, oh, pastor, I would never, I would never say, I would never, you, you, you don't have to worry about me. That would never be me. I could never hate God or I, I could never do this. I could never do that. But can you sit in this place and while the songs are being played of thanksgiving unto God and while the preacher is preaching a message that pricks the heart and you withhold thanks to God for the powerful infallible word and you hold thanks and praise to God for the songs that they're singing to give him glad salutations and lift up his name. Can you? The tragedy of being unthankful. Can what we feel and what we see going on around us be so familiar that we forget to offer up thanks to God? 
Can it become so familiar, Sister Joe, that we just, well, you know, I'm just marking it off this week that I went to church and everybody better be happy with that. No. How many of us can say we have truly thanked God in this service? Can we leave here feeling we have given our very best to God? Oh, God, help us to become, help us to become thankful when we are unthankful. If you would hurry to the platform, please. The tragedy of being unthankful. I submit to you on this Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, that if you have in the least bit heard yourself inside of what I've preached to you today, if you have for in, in the, the little bit, in the tiny little bit, become sluggish or stupid or dull in giving God praise, I ask you today, no, you don't have to get good to get God. I ask that you would get a fresh touch of God this morning. I ask that you would make up in your mind that I am going to allow him to speak to me like he's never spoke to me before, and I am going to respond to him in thanksgiving. I'm not going to allow myself to be a tragedy of being unthankful, but no, I will truly be thankful. I will show passion. I will show zeal. I will not be poised and be set back and say, oh, it's just another service, but I have made up in my mind on this Sunday morning before the week that we eat a lot and before the week that we are thankful for all of our family and friends, I have made up in my mind on this Sunday morning that I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I I will not be a tragedy of unthankfulness. I will not be a tragedy of an individual, Lord, that has become sluggish and stupid and dull. But, Lord, I will be passionate, and I will show forth your glory in my actions and in my praise unto you. Would you stand to your feet all across the building? No, I don't believe that everybody in the building, I would be crazy to think that everybody in the building falls under the category of being unthankful. But I do know for sure because my eyes have to go to and fro and have to watch. And I do know that there are those that have become focused on themselves and have lost their focus on the true God. I do know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there are those that have become too familiar with what goes on in a service or you've come, become too familiar with your relationship with Jesus Christ. I have no doubt in my mind that there are people in this building that have allowed yourself to become forgetful, to be a forgetful hearer of the word. Oh, man, he's not preaching to me. You know, man, I know God's good. I know he's done great things, but... It's not that you try to do it. It just becomes familiar. And so you forget. You see, these things that I've preached about today, they can start at the back and they can go all the way to the front or they can start at the front and go all the way to the back of them. You become too familiar and you become forgetful. You can become forgetful and become too familiar. You become focused on yourself and not focused on God. God, help us not to forget to be thankful. Would you make your way to this altar all across the building? If you have breath in your body and you're able in your body, would you make your way to this altar? On this Sunday morning, I want you to evaluate yourself, sir. To evaluate yourself, ma'am. Would you look in the depths of your heart? Am I too familiar with the songs that are sung? Am I too familiar with the presence that I feel? I want us to be such in awe of God's presence and His power that there are times that we, what we would call, or we would define, lose the service 
that we're okay with the service being lost. I don't want us to become so familiar that we, oh man, well, it's we, the next thing that happens is they sing that last song and people pray for each other and then we got to go into preaching. I don't want us to become so familiar that we say, God, you do your work right now and you can do it however you want to do it. And you surrender to him in such a way that schedules off, doesn't matter what anybody else is doing, doesn't matter the next thing on the agenda, we are open to God doing what God wants to do. And one that I wanted you to hear me in when I said it, and I want you to hear me again. Please, 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 would you take the focus off of you and put the focus on Jesus today? Come on, every eye closed, every hand lifted all across this building as they began to sing. Don't become too familiar that they're, oh, they're going to sing here for just a minute or two and it's going to be over. But no, would you repent today if you felt conviction in this house? Would you ask God to cleanse you? Would you ask God to make you once again passionate about who he is? Was a wretch. Come on. I remember who I Remember where he brought you from. I was lost. Remember the change that he I broke off of your life. Remember if it wasn't for him, you'd still be in the midst of sin. Sin but he saved you from this untoward generation. Come on, if you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, come to this altar right now and ask God to forgive you of your sins. Let him fill you with his spirit today. Come on, it's not something that you're going to learn in a class. Nobody's going to teach you today how to talk in tongues as the spirit of God gives you the utterance. No, it is a gift from God that God fills you with his spirit and you know that he did that. By the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and there, as His Spirit gives the, the utterance, come on, you need to build your relationship today. I say it countless times. Freed my soul I'm a relationship preacher. For the first time I want I you to live for God, no matter what I say. I want you to live for God, no matter what goes on in this world. I want you to live for God, no matter what happens in your life. It has a wall. I'm gonna live for you because I have built something with you that nobody can separate me from. You have saved my life. Come on, would you find somebody to pray with or pray for right now? All across this building. Come on, pray for a husband, pray for a wife, pray for a friend, a brother and sister of the Lord. True families, would you pray for somebody right now? Family leaders, would you pray for somebody in your family? Ask God to touch and minister. Right again. God, and I now death you. has no sting. I truly want to 